Full of Sound and Fury is a podcast for adults, by adults, containing adult language. Listener discretion is advised. just talked the superman legacy announcement uh-huh but it feels like a million things have happened since <laughs> twitter almost died and had to be resuscitated <laughs> for one did he rescind uh, his latest elon bull <laughs> <laughs> nobody believes him anyway right <laughs> well i seem like no one could could see tweets <laughs> yeah right <laughs> it was like a fundamental problem with their business venture but i don't know if he's like just step back that immediately because oh that was dumb or yeah what i read was he didn't pay his bills because that's the cool billionaire thing to do and uh lost a bunch of server capacity and so they had to ration it out until they could figure out what to do because uh, they had a big project to migrate away from using google cloud servers and the contract interestingly enough per reporters ended on june 30th I guess what happened July 1st. So are you saying he shut everything down so they could figure out what the hell's going on? I'm saying he had no choice because he didn't have the capacity for normal people to use the website the way they've been. And so Google was just like, well, you didn't pay the bill, so we're shutting you down. And he was like, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap. And so the best thing you could do is just rate limit everybody until you can bring back capacity, however, which way you want to do that. You want to spend money, you want to pay Google their their bill, you want to bring up servers somewhere else, whatevs. Yeah, took him a while to. I I don't envy whoever had to do the. It's Saturday. Let me go pull a all day, all night <laughs> extravaganza to fix this. Welcome to how the other half lives, Mister <laughs> Musk. <laughs> Just pay your damn bills. But I'm sure he's used to not doing that. Yeah, yeah. This is a pattern. I mean, apparently, enti- his entire business model is selling car credits. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, was I not supposed to say that? <laughs> but uh, function now, pulse power has been restored, Captain. Is that what I'm understanding? I I don't know. I mean, I I personally haven't hit uh, a rate limit since uh, Saturday when it started happening. But I don't know if I know he raised the limits a little bit. But I, I'm not a maybe I'm not a big enough Twitter user to like hit that new limit, which is, I think is just 800. <laughs> posts a day instead of 600 if you're not verified which uh i am not i will not give him my eight dollars uh or 11 on ios to deal with apple's cut i don't know i honestly i i don't care i mean it's it was dumb it was dumb if it killed the site i don't care (laughs) come on blue sky i need a fucking invite (laughs) so facebook is trash twitter is in the middle of burning for the ground Reddit IPO'd, so it's it's on its way out. It's already yeah, got I think a bunch. Up in a, a yeah, tizzy. exactly. Do we fire up RSS? What's the play here? Like, what? <laughs> uh, there's a lot of competing stuff. You know, you got your blue skies, which is uh, what's his head, uh, Jack. Jack. Yeah, which you know that's going to be problematic, if, you know, in its own way. Uh, you've got Mastodon, which I think for a lot of people is maybe just not as user-friendly as a singular site that you can go do stuff on, but that's you know, so kind. 
but it's it, it gets a lot of followers every time Twitter has a problem. You see the founder of Mastodon being like, welcome to the extra 150,000 people that joined today or whatever. Which they couldn't handle capacity for. Yeah, and they adjust. So, you know, they're not a private corporation, so resources are more challenging. But apparently, if you're a private corporation run by a billionaire, there's also challenges with resourcing. So, eh. Well, he's just not used to paying for things. One can almost commiserate. All right, well, well let's let's get going officially here, because like I said, I think there might be a lot on the plate. I had a whole bunch of stuff I wrote down about Superman. I, I had I had a ton of thoughts for such a small fucking article. I don't know where <laughs> your head's at in this. But on that note, I'm going to welcome everybody to the next episode here of Full of Sun and Fury Podcast. I'm Cyrus Mordazavi, recording from Kirkland, Washington. And uh, maybe one day I'll be able to tweet about this again. Also with us, hoping maybe to tweet, uh, just back from Tintaifung, as I understand, via, not via Twitter, but from Instagram, which apparently is still working, is Ariel Rodriguez of San Diego, California. Thank you for having me, sir, and uh, it was delicious. I, yeah, it's always... It's the it, it always is. <laughs> <laughs> so your tummy's full, halfway to... I'm halfway to a food coma? Three quarters of the way? <laughs> Tried some new stuff uh, there this time around, trying to get the, our, our, our three, almost four-year-old to, to eat some other good stuff. A lot of winners. Now, how long is the wait at yours? Oh, it's interminable if you don't have a reservation. I mean, okay. we, we, the, we make it seem, uh, at least, I don't know how people interpret it, I guess I should say, in Instagram. But if it looks easy to you, what we did is because... Every week we're looking for a reservation slot until we get one. Uh, you know, a casual browse, not like it's a red alert or anything in the house, but we're looking. And then when we land one, you maybe we take a break. But then you get the you get the jonesing again, and you're looking for a slot, a time slot, because they fill up incredibly fast. And the line oh, yeah, it's... goes, you know, out the question door. marks. Yeah, no, it's like trying to get a blue sky invite. Apparently, yes. It's the culinary <laughs> equivalent of that. <laughs> Indeed. All right, so let, let, let's talk Superman. Uh, and this is how I want to start it. Because you and I have never... Well, the movie that I want to bring up here predates the podcast. Oh. How do you feel about 2006's Superman Returns? When it came out, I was excited uh, I, I like Superman as a character. I was hoping it would be kind of the start of something new. Uh, I still fondly remember the that opening. Not the opening, actually, because the opening is the plane crash. But the, the one where he's fighting the bank robbers and the mm-hmm. bullets are, like, flattening in his eyeballs and everything. I don't know. I just thought it was really cool. But ultimately, you know, the, the Lex Luthor plot and everything just fell flat. I, it wasn't exciting. I, I don't think it was, like, a horrible movie, but it was disappointing by the end and of course that was it for that for brandon ralph superman cw cameo uh, in crisis on infinite earths notwithstanding so i was i was mostly okay with it but the the overall plot the lex luthor aspect of it was kind of man you know kevin spacey is lex luthor and that whole thing trying to you know evoke past past lex uh you know and his performance and his aesthetic i just didn't really do it for me. There are three movies that I would argue informed what we have unkindly and uh, <laughs> dubbed the dubbed DC Murderverse. 
but what <laughs> Warner Brothers has referred to as the uh, the DC Extended Universe, which uh, I'm proud to say is going to die before a full Final Fury podcast. Well, it's it, 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 all accounts is going to an end this Christmas with Aquaman two, Aqua Harder or whatever the fuck they're calling that thing. <laughs> I'll be I'll be damned if I look it up. <laughs> <laughs> the the Flash apparently is an, another giant turd. Michael Keaton uh, triumphant notwithstanding. But anyway, I get back to my point. Uh, one of those movies, Superman Returns. I think Batman Begins is in there, and then maybe ironically, but I think I'll, I'll explain this momentarily to everyone's satisfaction. The third film, The Avengers. Which hmm. is not not their movie. So Batman Begins was successful. One of their few successes, unarguably. So I think, and then Superman Returns was seen as a failure, uh, certainly at the box office. Although it did generate cash, it just didn't. It wasn't doing what what would soon become the normal, you know, a billion dollars over over you know six six weeks or so. And that that new one was set by that third movie, The Avengers. So they immediately, it's, the edict for DC with Snyder at the helm was to take that Batman Begins formula, dark and growly and just full of angst, and apply that to you know and build towards an Avengers type film. Yeah. Never mind the fact that those two things go together like cookies and ass, as Stephen Colbert once so famously put it. <laughs> Superman Returns, I think, tonally was was very well done. The cast is really good. Yeah. It's, At the... it's, uh, Kate or, or Parker? Like who who you who you who you, who you Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey has Lex. I just don't like that portrayal. The really the Gene Hackman. The Gene Hackman ah. goofy Lex just doesn't. And I, I don't think it's just a Superman Returns thing. I, I, I didn't care for it as a kid watching the earlier Superman movies either. But that, that's just me. I, I agree with you overall about the cast. Yeah, even Parker Posey, even Kate Bosworth, I, I, I really like them in their roles. You know, it's campy until it's not. That soliloquy where he steps in with the kryptonite dagger, yeah, that's that not campy good. at all. That, that yeah. That's dark, and it's angry, and it's pissed off, and Spacey yeah. delivered it with his normal, normal uh, level of... Um, virtuosity is it's really unfortunate he's since turned out to be a complete piece of shit but <laughs> yeah it was a simpler time <laughs> the problem with that movie was it was it was too reverential it's slow as fuck i there yeah. was a pithy tweet uh to, to bring that back into this conversation at the time where someone pointed out that the entire story is superman saving the world by lifting a succession of, of slightly heavier objects <laughs> And because that was the case, we get we get you know 2013 that mess that is Man of Steel, where they're just trying to do too fucking much, and and it's angsty and it's just not it's not Superman, even though I think it's also st- still pretty well cast. Agreed. It's it, it, it's not without merit, but you know I think them Warner Brothers wanting to to run away from it. I get it, and I and to a certain extent it's probably warranted. We're, we're looking at the the next iteration of God. I don't know what the hell they'll call this this next atrocity that they're, they're going to shit out on this. But we got Superman Legacy coming up, and now we have the casting, and we have uh, David Corns. Why am I saying that right? I looked it up. That's that was 
what I what the internet told me was how to pronounce his name. Oh, oh sweet, I got it right. I looked at his filmography. I haven't watched any of those things. Same. He he looks like someone who could be Superman. Kind of had the thought, and I'm curious if you're with me on this one. It kind of doesn't matter as long as he's okay. This movie is going to live or die with James Gunn. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, he's got to he's got to have. Uh, how do I put this? I don't even know how. It, I don't even know if I have the words. I mean, he doesn't need to do much, but as Superman, you have to be able to pick up some optimism. I think from him as a character, it is. It can be hard. Hard one. I think Henry Cavill in in uh, in Man of Steel showed that like throughout the story, like it's 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 a hard one optimism that he has. But he he adds that when he's got the suit on, he puts the suit on, he learns to fly. You feel it, right? Like you you've got to have that come away from the actor's portrayal if you don't get that i think you got problems but i agree with you like it's it there's not much that he needs to land i think everything else around him has to has to land and like i said that's on james gunn so much of the depiction of him that's wrong in that movie if if, i think i feel like if they just polish the dialogue even then it probably works a little bit better could be like he—he's—he's he's just so unnecessarily antagonistic to those means to help, and so it just—it always feels false. Yeah, and then there's moments where he's like, you know, he's smiling at the at the military dudes when he's got the handcuffs on and stuff. You really understand, like you—you you see, you see Superman in those scenes in Man of Steel. But I agree with you. Like it's it when he, when he doesn't have that, it's doesn't ring true right i mean you know for brandon rouse portrayal was like immediately it was obvious like he's he's figured it out tyler hecklin by the way on uh, the cw uh supergirl and later superman lois has it i think you can see when people succeed at that role they have that and it's immediate like it comes off it comes off them like in in huge waves ralph was clearly given the the edict from brian singer um another person who turned out to be a giant asshole (laughs) as it turns out to, to channel Reeve as much as he could. And he was really good at it, so it worked. Which is a great segue to the other thing that I noticed with this casting. We're going with the marvelous Mrs. Mizell as Lois. Yeah. Which is good, but it it's dawned on me that I guess Hollywood thinks Margot Kidder is the, is the, is the gold standard for Lois Lane. Yeah. I, I, my my feeling is, that's not right. <laughs> but uh, I mean, she was she did define Lois Lane for that era, but I I, I feel like uh, I, I'm hoping that uh, uh, Rachel Brosnan, I think is is the actress. I hope she has a different spin. Even if they asked, if they, even if they thought that they or they cast her because of that, I, I hope she has a different spin on the character. I mean, it's it's going back to that vaguely. Brooklyn Jewish version of Lois, I feel like is it, that's my interpretation from who they cho- they chose for it. Maybe I like that she's seemingly older than than Clark slash Superman, and hopefully, therefore, more established in her career. And like, um, they they work that in, and they they make her. I what I like uh, Amy Adams' character that figured it out that he was Superman. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. within I like that type. Like, I hope that they continue with that. Like. Don't like if she's a career reporter, she's smart enough to figure it out like within, you know, 
our a short amount of time. Uh, like, let's make her no nonsense. Let's make her, you know, the professional that she is, and take it from there. I wonder if perhaps if, if that's why part of what Margot Kidder's mystique in the role is because she figured it out too. Yeah, but she it, does it, figure they, it out. they kind of play it. She, I don't know if it's just the dialogue or or or, or, or the intention in the plot, or they they drag it out, right? If I remember correctly, mm-hmm. it's been a while. Well, see, this is the whole. This gets into that whole strange, complicated mess that was Superman one and two. It was originally one giant movie. Right, right, right. <laughs> that they split in half to to fuck the director out of money. <laughs> so really, in the first story, she figures it out. It just took two films and umpteen years. Yeah, Hollywood, man. Some of the stuff is just stranger than fiction. Yeah, but she's kind of, but she's also like hot, hot uh, half hot mess, and but you know, half plucky yes. little reporter. And I don't, I don't. I, that never sat well with me. Like in, in I don't like it either. Yeah, to be real honest with you, which is why I w- I was really excited about Kate Bosworth, um, and, and I think I think Kate's fine in that movie. Sure, Same. I mean, agree. Yeah. The, 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 the again, the problem with that film is is not it, it's not the actors anywhere in it. Maybe Cal Penn. Sorry, Cal, <laughs> but, <laughs> but only she had no lines. And then God, Amy Adams, she's talented as hell too. If yes. It, she, but she again crippled, crippled also by these weird scripts and this strange direction Snyder took in. So I, they, there's been attempts to go away from it, but it seems like every time they they get scared, they they go back to someone who's trying to know Margot. Your Terry Hatcher wasn't formed by it. shit. Dana Delaney's take on in the cartoon is is very much like trying to channel <laughs> Kidder. Sure, sure. Yeah, At the, I to to some extent it, it's it's because dated, you know, in seventy eight. That's yeah, kind of how yeah. the that's how that's how the city house was seen, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just we we gotta we gotta move past it. <laughs> yeah, I think so. And and maybe they will. Maybe, maybe Gunn will put a modern spin on it, and it'll it'll be okay. Yeah, I think we need to. I think we need to move into territory of what is a good Superman film, where the answer is not Superman one and two from Richard Donner. I think we got to make a new good Superman film. <laughs> we can have evoke elements of that which are the bedrock of the character and of the characters even uh all of them and and use those elements but i i i think relying on that nostalgia for that the, the those that that era is just i think it's misguided i think also it's it's really hard to build a multiverse not multiverse a multi-film you know multi-hero franchise off of that idea as well just like the the nolan doing the same thing on nolan's visions or maybe not his vision, but his his aesthetic and his vision for Batman trying to expand that out to the DCEU also did not work. I think it's something else that they need. Yeah, that's step one. If they can figure that out, Batman is Batman's very different than the rest of their yeah their um, yeah their their, their 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 character core. I think they got honestly if they if they really want this to succeed, I think they have to figure out a way of having the characters switch their tone in a way that doesn't disorient the audience. Like Batman can be serious in his own films, as serious as, as as this story needs to be, or whatever. But then he's got to lighten up if he crosses paths with a Superman to some extent. Now it doesn't have to be like a comedy, but I, I I think figuring out how to shift the tone so that when the characters cross over, the the Flash and Green Lantern and Batman and Superman they're 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 different, right? They, they 
it's not tonally the same. I think the biggest contrast, of course, being <laughs> yes, Batman. those are different characters. <laughs> I mean, but the thing is, like, I think Marvel has has kind of captured a particular aesthetic where they, and it's not always the case. And I, I don't want to accuse them of of copy pasting or anything because it's not true. But I, I think they've managed to find how to slide the characters in and out with their their the tone a little bit, and they've also have a a more less tonal variation uh, across all of their characters yeah. so that it works. And I'm not sure DC will have that luxury <laughs> unless Gunn decides to do some crazy stuff. <laughs> Maybe he will. But uh, they're going to have to figure that out, I think. I was positive that is the central error of the many errors they made with um, now departed DCEU was they did they did try to establish that, that uh, monotone you're describing. It's just they picked Batman. <laughs> they picked the wrong one, yeah. Yeah. And it, it, ha- it has to take its lead for superman yes i agree there, there, superman can be a lot, lot of things yeah a nap a next snapping prick is not one of them <laughs> yes agreed <laughs> but this is this is going to be gun's th- uh third foray into the into dc and i've been very impressed with what he's done so far agreed agreed i think they've got a really good shot at it uh i'm optimistic honestly uh this casting seems fine. Casting's great, but it's like, okay, let's let's gotta see the film. I guess the proof is in the pudding. I, I I hesitate to draw too many conclusions from what we've been what's been oh, announced. But well, I, I, I'm ready to pause it because let's let's go after that elephant in <laughs> the room. It. Go for it. Uh, what got buried in that the excitement over the casting is the notice the authority will be in this film. Yeah. Right. So. Not immediately, but I, I kind of was kind of gaining out in my head. Okay, what does that tell us? I think what we're going to see is an adaptation of What's So Funny About the Truth, just as oh. the American way. Okay. And goddamn, that's lame. <laughs> Especially as a starting point. Yeah. Yeah. I, you don't, like a young Superman that doesn't, that doesn't jibe with me, if that's really where they're going with this. Yeah. Hopefully that's not the case. But I don't but... go into. Th- but I, I, what a reason do you have the authority in a Superman movie? Yeah, I, I'll be honest. I when I heard that they when, like when they announced that the authority was going to be part of the DCU in general and 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 um, how do I put this? Uh, like a one of the first properties to come out, like so tightly integrated. I I I was very confused. I uh, and it got me a little bit feeling negative about like do you, do you all understand the tone that you need to strike for this whole thing to work because having the authority be a big team this early on uh, uh, i've read a lot of the authority and i i like the authority I, but i adore it let me be clear but i, I thought dang it, dude it was, it was like a great comic you're not gonna but... you're not gonna have the have the justice league kind of run aground of those folks and Expect it to come out <laughs> in any way no. that makes sense. Here's the irony: the authority is Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, sure, yeah, yeah. That, that's the tone of that film. Yeah, with and perhaps just... I would say I would add some more clever pastiches and and uh, and metaphors sure. to be extracted. Sure. But yes, yeah, it, it, yeah. It's not just violence. There's a method to the madness, right? Yeah, there's a message there. There's a lot to extract. But yeah. I, 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 I agree with you. So it's like, why are we bringing that back? Why does that have to be so important to be part of the initial story? Is it like, what? Yeah, it it doesn't on the face of it make much sense at all. So, yeah, here I am just worried 
a shit about this again. <laughs> I mean, is he going to make it completely different? Like, is the authority going to be like the Guardians of the Galaxy misfits and it's going to be a different thing than we expect altogether? I mean, I think authority fans would be upset about that if that were the way they decided to go. Well, they do lend themselves to black comedy very well. Sure, sure. I mean, the way, especially the way Ellis and Miller wrote them. Yeah. So in that regard, their gun might be well suited to handle them. I just, within the context of Superman colon legacy, yeah, it's what? Uh, yeah, what? All right. So what? 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 Defcon are we on here for this, this fucking movie? <laughs> <laughs> Two years out. Yeah, I mean, it's a long way to go, and I don't know with the the strikes and everything going on. Maybe even a longer way to go if SAG decides to strike. 2025 seems a long, <laughs> long way, and then that that goalpost may move. So, who can say? Unfortunately, at this point, Warner Brothers, the smart money in you know biggest terms is to short, just is to always short them. Sure. Unless Batman's involved. I just really would like a successful DC film franchise. That isn't Batman. I mean, I'll take Batman. Also, I want all. I want it all. I want it all. Well, well they've done Batman well no, numerous yeah. times now. It's everything yeah. else they just can't get with any kind of. Despite a mountain of material, I, I I I don't get it. It's it's hard to. I mean, it's hard to with with Marvel. You can't you can't also take it uh, in isolation, right? Like with Marvel, where it is, where it's been, um, the expectations are high. They're just high. And to start over here and have to wait so long for the first entry, really, it's tough. At least, you know, as a fan for me, and I'm sure the creative teams and business people and everything over at Warner Brothers, because we keep getting duds in the box office, and it's a long wait. All you get right now is casting, and there's nothing to kind of tide you over unless you're, you know, super jazzed about Aquaman 2. (laughs) And even that is not tied to any of the rest. So... And Blue Beetle, I forgot that Blue Beetle, Beetle comes out in August. That's right. That's right. And I think that's allegedly the first film in this DCU, but I think that's just um, a matter of convenience because they probably wrote it to be completely independent of anything else. It's hard. It's hard to wait for Superman to start things off in two, maybe more years. Hard for the fans, but hopefully it indicates they really are trying to make sure they get it right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You got to have the quality there. So better to take the time than not but it's boy i mean you just look at all the films that they made like they actually like cast film cg everything and all this time when the writing was on the wall a long time ago they should have just rebooted there seemed to be an internal belief within the warner brothers brass that if they could just get to justice league it was going to be all be okay spoiler it was not okay (laughs) it was not okay It was it was not okay twice. (laughs) Yeah, you can't you can't rush that type of thing. Yeah, it's a it's a very interesting announcement, and that like okay, there's like all right, that's cool, that's cool. What? Maybe save that announcement about the authority for later. Like I don't know who you're exciting about that. Just you didn't have to say anything. Yeah, especially in a a movie that's meant to be an origin story. It was my understanding. That's what I thought too. Wasn't wasn't uh invited back yeah starting fresh origin story you have a lot of you know 
pavement delay <laughs> as far as establishing that character. And again, it's like, I don't understand where the black bricks of the authority fit into that. TBD. Yeah, yeah. Hey, maybe maybe they knock it out of the fucking park. I, I bless them. I hope that I hope that that's exactly what happens. I mean, I'm rooting for them. Well, speaking of Henry Cavill leaving projects, <laughs> uh, have you started The Witcher season three? I I haven't. Uh, I'd love. Okay. I really want to, but I I have not. As a book reader, I'm also. I've read some like uh, you know the first sentence or two of some reviews without hitting any spoilers or whatever, and I'm I'm confused at some of the departures that they've decided to take. I understand is that it led to Cavill's departure. Possibly, yeah. It's just like th- those books. I mean, I'm not I'm not done. I think I have one, maybe two left. They meander uh, after a while, and so I could get where like later on, if you get much further in the story, you want to like do something different to accelerate the, the convergence of things and, you know, make sure the stakes are ratcheting up the way you want. But like, they're not doing that. <laughs> they, they like season two in particular, like took elements of the, the second and third books, but like went in a whole other direction too. And I'm like, why this, this is not that you have to satisfy the book fans necessarily, but like, I was well, the, the, the showrunner. The showrunner has basically said, "Yeah, we're, that we're not going. That's not our concern." <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, why? Why did you think this was superior? It's fun. It's fun. I mean, I, I watched season two, and I'm gonna watch season three. But like, would have liked to have seen things personally anyway. Uh, adhere more to the book story, at least at this juncture. Here's my review. Um, as someone who's not played the games nor the books, which the showrunner has decided, yeah, well, 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 maybe we'll follow, maybe we won't. <laughs> In both cases, uh, I'm liking it. I'm impressed with how deep the arc story is. But my God, is this show to previously on? Oh yeah, <laughs> there's a lot, right? There's a lot of kingdoms and like events and like characters and like different timeline, like different. Uh... You see the same character, different ages, and st- like there's a lot. Except they they're not different ages. You're you're just <laughs> apparently supposed to intuit that shit, <laughs> right? I I last night I, I literally had this conversation with Erin. I was like, the reason you don't remember her is she was an owl last season, and she's looking at me like, what are you even telling me? <laughs> yes, okay, <laughs> I know who you're talking about. Yeah, that's about right. You're the only one, Ariel. <laughs> <laughs> remember the lady who was a bird? I. <laughs> But she started as a bird. You know, they had to worry. Yes. And the bird did so well that they brought it on as a regular, so they had to turn it into a lady. Sure. She got specially promoted, I guess. I, uh, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, there, there's layers to this thing, but I, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I guess this is – I'm paying my dues now. For, I, have, I, I did read the A Song of Ice and Fire novels uh, back when they still were a thing. And because they were coming out before reading Game of Thrones, I was I was just fine. But I remember a lot of people being like, "Well, who the hell? I don't know what's going on." And so now, but now, now I've come full circle. That's where I'm at with this this fucking show. I, but I gotta tell you, I, you gotta give credit to the Game of Thrones people. Like, I didn't read the game, the books, and yeah, it was confusing at first. But like by the end of the first season, start of the second, like it was pretty clear. Like I felt like I could. They're follow. all gonna die anyway. Yeah, well, that too. Uh, <laughs> This thing, mm, it's, I don't know. They just could have they could have done something. I think you're right, like a previously on or like some kind of clever survey of the status of people or something. I haven't been this confused by our plot since season two of True Detective. Oh, man. Gosh. That's a throwback. That was confusing as hell. 
Yes. And as I said on the time on this podcast way back when, I was I, I read recap and I was like, I was amazed at how much I, I was following and was still confused as <laughs> shit. But no, we're enjoying it. Um, nice. Anchalatra has lost entirely too much weight. Interesting. Yeah. It's one of those like things about Hollywood that makes me sad when I think about it. This is someone who was unreasonably attractive and was told she was too fat, clearly. That's so messed up. Like, I mean, I, and I know it happens all over the place, just like, really? Yeah. One of the things I, I really enjoy about the show is the the uh, the character aesthetic. Like, like everyone looks really cool. Yeah. Is that is that from the games and or the novels? I've never played the games, but in the novels, I feel like they they they're very descriptive of the people and they and uh, the main characters are like the, the the characters of focus and yeah they're cool <laughs> like it's just they're cool yeah they're they're almost like Bridgerton hot like there there's in particular there's a lot of um you'll have people of um more swarthy complexion with real with very bright irises and it really works from a, just a purely cinematic perspective but I, I have no idea if where that design element's coming from or if it's unique to the show. I don't know. I, I would imagine some of it's unique because, I don't know, they're Polish novels from the 90s. <laughs> I mean, some, some of the stuff, the aesthetic is definitely from the novels, and that's, you know, like a, a credit to, to the author. But uh, some of it, I think, is definitely visual flair. I think that's good on Netflix for doing that. I mean, you gotta you got to have a way to differentiate these shows from one another. It's There's a lot getting put on well, at least there was before strikes and uh, high interest rates and everything but if there if there isn't like this binding unique cool factor to some of these shows especially the fantasy ones i feel like um and netflix has a lot of their point yeah they'll blend together and people will forget which one's which <laughs> honey come in it's the new episode this new season of the witcher colon shadow and bone fate linux saga school of good and evil yeah precisely predict you will if you've enjoyed seasons one and two you'll enjoy this one awesome i'm glad to hear it uh it's trending upwards i feel like i I assume you're caught up on secret evasion uh yes it's a very strong episode two i would say and i can't exactly say i was expecting them to fill in all those gaps in the 90s but i'm kind of glad they did it really made for a very strong like much stronger like this is what's going on this is why this is things are the way they are in a way I didn't I didn't expect, but I was I was pleasantly surprised. I'm enjoying the John Shaftization of Dick Fury. <laughs> if you take my meaning. Yeah. yeah like yeah. The, this is the most Samuel L. Jackson of Fury's ever been during his tenure with the character. I'm loving it too. The whole oh, like yeah. uh tell me something I don't know. That was beautiful. That was, that scene was awesome. Yeah. It evoked then, it, uh, that story from uh, Winter Soldier when he's in the elevator talking to Cap about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's one of those like real. This is why diversity matters, and this is why this is why it can be so fucking awesome moments. Uh, both those scenes you've referenced don't work if if, if it's the if it's the old school uh, 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 wasp version of of Nick Fury. Where do you stand on his wife? Oh yeah, the big question. Right? The, the bomb drop, right? Yeah, I so. Part of me, when I first saw it, I wasn't necessarily surprised. Again, because they they established early on, they showed you how much history Fury has with the scrolls, and just you know, he didn't talk about it for obvious reasons. Uh, at least if you're watching the show, and uh, so I, I I was like, well, he must know. He must know that 
She's a and scrolling yet, he went, he went and, I, and yet she changed form right before he showed up. What? Why? Why? It, it feels intentionally ambiguous. Yeah. The way they showed it to us. Yeah. It's got people talking. I guess maybe that's the point. Yeah, and then and we we know from from the other contents of this episode that he was he's surprised at how many scrolls are on the planet Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very interesting food for thought. Also, I like uh, <laughs> Olivia Coleman's character. His name Fallsworth, Farnsworth. Fall, I don't know. But Fallsworth. anyway, how she's like, she goes to the door and she like opens it, and the guy's like, "That was locked." She's like, "It's not now." Where <laughs> I like how she's like slithers through in and out of uh, wherever she needs to go. I like that they they added that element to her character in episode two. Well, it was the bravado with which she did it. And what did I tell you about who I am? Yeah. I don't think we've seen this character in the comic books. I don't think so. so she's, I think she's unique. She's yeah. very welcome to the addition to the canon, and Olivia Coleman is killing it. Yeah. The, the show has gotten more interesting and more charming and, and, and played around with a lot more cooler ideas uh, in the second episode for sure. Did, did Rhodey feel very different to you? Yeah. Like a squirrel maybe. <laughs> oh, I had to consider that. I really should have given what the show's about. I was just looking at it from a purely character perspective. But yeah, I, I, I agree. He did seem different and I don't see the through line of how he gets invited to go, you know, uh, uh, meet, go to these high level meetings and stuff. Unless there's some other weird special permission thing that they didn't explain, but I'm guessing he's a scroll. Makes a good deal of sense now that now that you slow my, walked me through it. How yeah, long he's... has he been a scroll? That is the question. And we got four more episodes. Okay. It's a lot of ground to cover. Yeah, potentially. I guess it really comes down to just how detailed Graphics master plan here is. Yeah. And actually I wanted to ask you, do you think this show has potential for a season two, like Loki? I don't think so. You, I mean, the characters have another series in them, but I think Secret Invasion, I would almost be tempted to say if that's the case, they fucked up. Yeah, I was kind of playing with the idea of, like, maybe they, they, they expanded out some and moved things around, but I think you're right. I think it's I think it's a one and done. It does seem probably a little other stuff up. Like, we are, they are teasing heavily the Super Scrolls. Yeah, yeah. And we have our Fantastic Four now, I believe, since last week convened. Oh, do we? I haven't seen in a, anything. I've seen, you know, rumors been swirling for a long time, but that, that, that'd be good news. Adam Driver is, okay. is Reed Richards. Yeah, but I, I think Adam, I think, I think Driver's locked in. Okay. Yeah, at least, at least, they, at, least at the very least, if they can make the money work. I did like Krasinski in the role as well, but sure. Let's see what he can do. Let's see what Adam Driver can do. It's kind of like the same thing with Superman. It's like, the, sure, but I, I need to see footage. I need to see a portrayal. I need... The difference is I wouldn't short Marvel. Oh, yeah, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> you know, are you excited for um, Rogers the Musical at the parts? Oh, I heard about this. I'm partially, uh, I, I definitely will. Uh, I've got family plans for uh, Christmas time to be at Disney World. Probably will make it to Disneyland at some point, maybe maybe this year. I, I'm curious, uh, at, at least. I've seen a, a good deal of the footage of it, and they they really did try to like Ham- Hamilton this thing up, like it's a full <laughs> musical. Dang. Yeah, I I think it's only DCA. 
Okay. And okay. I, and I think for just a couple of months, but maybe if it crushes it and it ends up being like a, a mega attraction, they they rethink that. Okay. What a wild thing that they kind of just fell into. Yeah, it's a great idea though. In a way, I it's uh it it just it just works. It, it's another one of those things like I doubt that they like committed that thing into existence that just organically popped out and like they ran with it and like that's that's great. It's just it's such a great one-off, not just as a funny idea, but it really worked with what that series Hawkeye was trying to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now they've built up this whole other thing around it. I, I, it, I think it's the most auspicious thing to happen to the brand, probably since they baby Groot. <laughs> like you, you could tell they were so late with merchandising with Baby Groot that they, they didn't realize what they had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then once they did, they're like, oh, and start cranking that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> Get the Disney machine moving. Yeah. Put it on everything. So are you both watching Strange New Worlds as well? I'm watching Strange New Worlds. Joe is less enthused, but uh, she's around doing other stuff and occasionally gets sucked in. It, 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 uh, more, more power to it that uh, it manages to do that. <laughs> are you caught up there? Yes. I just I just finished the, the, the one with Lon uh, last, late last night. Yeah. Khan's Canadian. As you as you said, I'm glad you saw the tweet. <laughs> right. was one of the evidently was one of the six hundred you were allotted. Good for me. <laughs> yeah, would would never have guessed that in a million years. <laughs> this whole concept of uh, time wars happening all the time. Oh, I was gonna say it's so clever though. Yeah, helps them keep things fluid, right? With the yes, yes, and it's sixty a plus. Yeah, yeah, the baggage of sixty years of <laughs> it's 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 an old IP. And they're yeah. like, okay, we gotta, we want to keep the eugenics wars because that's awesome, but it's now in the past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the '90s didn't go that way, man. Well, and that—that that was that clever little like wink and nod at the audience. I've been here since '92. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of having to chain uh, to chase iconic actors and iconic roles, you know, I'm running, I'm running out of room to see him. As like, oh, he's just so young. He hasn't he hasn't turned into William Shatner yet. <laughs> it's it's hard. It's a hard act to follow. I know I know people made fun of that act for just for decades when when you and I were kids. Yeah. yeah. But what what we're seeing as adults is holy shit. Was that just absolutely seminal? That's tough. That's tough. What what like that? The load that they put on his shoulders. I don't envy him. There's like. He's handsome. He's charming. He's everything that Kirk should be, but it it just doesn't feel like Kirk. And I I I could I, w- I would describe Pine's performance across three films the same exact way. And I, I'm struggling to figure out why why that is beyond the fact that it's just at the end of the day it's not William Shatner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's hard to pin down what that what the unique aspect is there because they we've seen like you said you know Chris Pine be kind of the more. Uh, Self confident is not the, is not strong enough. Ar- arrogant, but not quite super arrogant. Guy that gets lucky anyway because he makes his instincts are in the right place. And then you've got the charmer here in Strange New Worlds, but there's something missing too. Hard to say what it is, but man. But in contrast, I think Ethan Peck does a good job as Spock, and they kind of yes. maybe tweaked Spock to be funnier, and it's working in a way for me at least, and I'm sure others where I believe it. In, in comparison, Lieutenant Spock is not uh, the Nimoy Spock. Yeah, and but it, it yeah, still works. They're, they're doing it. Absolutely works, and I would never have guessed um, 
it would be harder to crack Shatner than Nimoy. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But but that's exactly where where we've landed. Can't figure out what it is. What what's what's missing? But there, there there's something that's not not quite right. But I I don't want to come off as a negative on Wesley because I think he's doing just fine. It, it it's not a bad cast. It's just it's a very it it is shockingly difficult threshold to hit. Yeah. Whereas the rest of them, I yeah, I think they've they've kind of crushed it. Antonio Hura, I think, I like better than Nichelle Nichols' version. I have to agree there too. Although I, I really liked her in that role too. I mean, you know. Sure, sure. It might just be they're writing it better. Could be, could be. It's Star Trek's a very different level of franchise now than it once was. Oh, shit! That film and TV are. <laughs> also, that yeah, the talent yeah, is just just a. Uh... I mean, you know, the original series was championed by Lucille Ball, for God's sakes, to, just to put it in, like, a historical context. Yeah. Can't believe that, that this is where we're at. Strange New Worlds is a thing. It's doing really well. Uh, we're in season two. <laughs> I'm enjoying the way they, they, like, there's clearly some kind of overarching plot, but in classic Trek ways, we're, we're bringing these, these one-offs centered around certain characters. Yeah. They understand the formula. They know what what people want and and how to succeed there and how to make it fresh at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for a show set in that older era where you have to kind of modernize without modernizing. Like if you don't evoke the past correctly, it throws it all off. It's like, well, this isn't the, the, the the Kirk era of this, of this franchise at all. If, if, If you, if you go too whiz bang with it or you, don't don't pull the the right pieces in. I don't know how to say it, but uh, and they're they're doing it. They're doing it great every every week. They're making all the right choices. Yeah, they're the the classic stuff they're keeping, and the stuff that doesn't work, they're jettisoning and updating it. Outside of trying to trying to recast Shatner, I can't find any fault <laughs> in it. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's Kirkman Orkey and uh, Akiva Goldsman, right? Are they in some some order? They're helming this thing. Yeah, yeah. Absolute, absolute kudos to, to all involved. I hope it shows them and decision makers at Paramount and the audience that maybe when this Strange New Worlds run is done, because everybody knows the path at least Pike is on <laughs> and the Enterprise, that uh, there's room for other stories in the same timeline with other ships, with you know other situations that could be interesting. So that we don't have to kind of leave it behind and leap forward and further into future the way other Trek shows have. You know, there's fertile ground here. I think um, that they could they can continue to to mine even when the the story of Strange New Worlds is over and however many seasons. Well, conversely, I can't wait for them to go forward. And once you once you complete Picard, I think I think you'll know why I feel in that way. Okay. Okay. I Star Trek for a show that's about the future has been very guilty of mining its past. <laughs> this this time they're just doing it well. Fair enough, fair enough. It's fine because, like I said, this show is, this show is extraordinary. But I'm ready for them to to move forward. Maybe not all the way to 30th century, wherever the hell Discovery. Came yeah, yeah, that's, I was gonna say that uh, they've they've definitely moved forward very much in that sense. But in some sense too, they they moved forward and they they rolled back because they did. And I don't think it's a huge spoiler to say like the the they the, the crippled the Federation uh, in the when they jumped in forward in time. That was kind of one of the settings, uh, setting aspects of that the start of that the new storyline for them. So that that 
kind of mixes things up, but also I think uh, you know it, it evokes some stuff from past that uh, that that have worked uh, previously. So kind of a mix there for discovery. So back to your point, you know, hopefully they they find new new interesting things uh, going forward without having to be so nostalgic. Yeah, I I feel like the uh, the golden era of Trek was the '90s in that next generation slash Deep Space Nine slash Voyager era. And with Picard, they're finally moving. They've gone back to it for 25 years, which is crazy to think that's how long they let it sit a fallow. Yeah. Bad stewardship, I guess. Well, I, they they felt very burned by Nemesis like because it, it was a bad movie. Like, I mean, there was supposed to be a Star Trek 11 with that with that crew, and that Nemesis was did so badly because it was a bad movie that shit canned it. And that, that began, yeah, 20 years of like, of going back to the future, but the history of the future. We we got Enterprise, and then we got yeah the reboot, the the, the clinical Kelvin verse. Yep. Because J. Abrams apparently can't do anything right anymore. But I I, I will tell you without spoilers that uh, Picard does it leaves it an interesting place. I'm glad to hear it. One that it's, I'm excited yeah. for. Awesome. Any closing thoughts? Anything we didn't we uh, missed in this week of crazy shit? I don't know. There's been so much. It's uh, I'm sure we missed stuff, but uh, it sounds like a, a healthy set of set of topics. I just I oh absolutely was. I'm just like, did we miss anything? I don't think so. Congratulations to the U.S. for hanging six on Trinidad and Tobago. Oh right. <laughs> not only the goalie, he's also the president. <laughs> this is the problem with having small island nations and conquest. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> Limited pool of, of uh, talent. <laughs> Well, Ariel Rodriguez of San Diego, California. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you're not a scroll. I hope but so. But I too. can't. I can't rule it out. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. It's just what a scroll would say, and perhaps a scroll would also say that I've been sorry. It's more desavi of Kirk in Washington slash greatswordsstudios.com. And a scroll might also tell you that you've been listening to Full of Sound and Fury podcast. This episode and previous episodes of Full of Sun and Fury Podcast are available at fullofsunandfurypodcast.com or by subscription at wherever the hell you get your podcasts. This has been a Great Sword Studios production, copyright 2023.